Jen and I made a spur-of-the-moment decision a few weeks ago. I say spur-of-the-moment. It took us three or four days. I don't know if that's spur-of-the-moment, but kind of for us on this kind of thing it is. When you get my age, if it takes three or four days, that's spur-of-the-moment, right? If you do something you're not planning on doing and go, hey, we got to go try this. So Jan and I made this decision to go skiing, okay? And so we went up to Sunrise, and Jan and I, uh, Jan's a good skier. Her, her big mission is to not fall. That's the whole time we're there, right? Just I'm not going to fall. My big mission is to not get hurt. I don't mind falling, okay? But here's the problem with our skiing. I don't know if we had a picture. I thought we did, but uh, our skiing is this, is that yeah, we're cool. We're cool, right? You buy the right glasses, you buy the right things, and you look cool. There's a problem is you got to go ski, right? That's the problem. That's, that's the problem. You can buy the equipment. But here's the problem, right? It, well, you don't know this, but I hadn't been skiing in 14 years. I was still in my 40s the last time I skied, and I wasn't good then. So going skiing at 63... And on kind of the spur of the moment kind of deal is not a good plan. I'm testing out the new hip. Now, it's five years old now, but just making sure. I tested enough hiking, all, all the hiking I do, and built a few other things. So we went, okay. First half of the day, Jan wanted to stay away from me. I fell probably 15, 20 times. I don't know. And not cool falling, Okay. Not like, hey, I'm doing this and something just, I, you know, I was going so, no, I'm falling, I'm busting it. And we, it is taking forever. We, first off, I went on the wrong lift, took me to the backside of the mountain. We took on the backside of the mountain, we're on these little trails, not cool, not cool at all. So I get almost to the bottom, crash pretty hard. I knew I'd bruise myself pretty good. And in playing sports all the years, and from baseball and basketball, I've learned how to fall. But skis make it a little trickier, but I, I think I, I've kind of protected myself a little bit. But I fall, and I can see the lodge down there. I can see it. I just can't get to it yet. But, okay, I can see it. And I'm thinking about taking the skis off and just walking in. That's, that, truly, that's where I was. And I am self-talking. And I am brutal on myself. I am talking so hard to myself. What are you doing, man? You're 63 years old. What are you doing out here? You know, you couldn't ski last time. What are you doing now? Or you weren't any good at it. What are you doing? And it was just this, boy, it just started building and building. We go to lunch. And I said, Jan, we're going home. We're going home. I can't, I can't do this. This is too brutal. And it's too ridiculous. And what did I even think? You know, we just dropped however much money we did for this. And I was sitting there at lunch. Jan had gone to back to get something at the, the counter or whatever. And it just hit me. One, I would never talk to someone else like I was talking to myself, ever. It wouldn't even cross my mind to talk to someone else the way I was talking to me. And I thought about the kids I used to, we used to lead on ethos. And those who know the trips that we would take them, those who know a little bit about that, I can't get into it right now, but it would be a 10, sometimes 10-day 10 adventure where the kids didn't even know where they were going. But we would take those students and we would speak into them and we would encourage them and say, you can do this. We're going to try it again. I know you failed there. We're going to do it again. That's how I would have talked to them, but not to me. Not, not to me. 
And we have these soundtracks that John Acuff talks about where we overthink and we begin to talk to ourselves and repeat those. And it's this negative thinking that we over and over repeat in our minds that begin to determine where we're headed, begin to determine the decisions we will make. And those who've listened to John Acuff, and you can get his book, and it's not necessarily a Christian book, but, I, I, but John Acuff is, but not necessarily the book is, but in that sense, but, but man, it, it applies. And he goes through and he talks about, first off, don't assume all the thoughts you're thinking about you are true. Is it true? <laughs> That's the first one, right? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? And that also applies towards other people. Is it true? You better make sure it's true. Quit talking about it. Well, maybe you don't even need to talk about it even if it's true. Do you know you can talk about things that are true that are still gossip? Just so you know. Is it true? Is it helpful? That kind of takes care of the gossip part of it, right? Is it kind? How do you break those patterns? And he, again, there's a whole book he wrote on a whole teaching. He said, one is retire it, retire the broken track. Replace it, and then hit repeat. Replace it, then hit repeat. You can change your thinking. Scripture encourages us to, be, to have our minds renewed in Romans 12, too. Our minds can be changed. Our minds can be thinking the way of righteousness and not the way of the flesh. But I was referring to you there was about skiing, right? If I never skied again, I'm probably going to be fine in eternity, right? Probably, most likely. I might get to eternity faster if I keep skiing. That's the other part of that. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. But every day we get reports, don't we? In our mind. Reports come in. Reports come in. From the news, from our experiences, from family members, from all kinds of other sources. And if we're not careful, those reports begin to overwhelm our lives. Oh, yeah, we know what it's like in our family to get a phone call and your name, the word cancer is in the same sentence as your name. We know what it's like to get those reports and to stay up in the middle of the night just hugging and crying and praying. Here's the deal, right? Ron Canoli wrote a song in the early 90s. Many of you may remember it, may not. Whose report will you believe? Anybody remember that song? Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Whose report are you believing? Are you believing the report of the Lord? 
You know why it's so important to know this word? It's the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Because if you don't, it can change generations. Twelve guys sent into the promised land. Oh, it's everything you say, Lord. I mean, it's everything the Lord said. It's everything we were promised, but whose report will you believe and lose a generation and a half wandering in the desert? But the two who reported what they should have reported get to go into the promised land. I am making up a song here. I know you are impressed. You don't remember the other ten guys' names. <laughs> right? Right? Whose report will you believe? Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power. I don't have time to preach on this today. But with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted, rooted, man, deep roots, rooted and established in love. May have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him, now to him, already just talked about that guy that loves us that much and we can't even, I can give you dimensions, but I can't, you know, I can give you the, the dimensions, but we really can't measure it, right? I can give you all kinds of, I don't, I, I love what Paul's doing here. I'm getting a little excited about this, but what I love what Paul's doing there is, it's almost like he ran out of words, How high, how wide, how wide. I don't have enough words to tell you how much he loves you. I don't have, I, I could keep going, but it just wouldn't still be enough. Not to him who is able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. According to his power, that it is work where? Within us. That's an issue, right? Okay, back to the inner being. That's where sometimes we lose it. We can't preach on that today either, but there's a sermon there. To him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I don't think I probably do that part, especially the last part there. Justice in verse 20 and 21. Because it's really a doxology. It's a song. 
And doxology is an expression or a praise to God. In other words, the word doxa there is to give glory or splendor or grandeur. And logos, the word. So I'm giving glory and grandeur to God through my words. My doxology is, that's the reason why it's so important that we sing. Or we praise. You don't have to sing the songs we sing. You don't even have to like the songs we sing, but you need to find the song to sing. This doxology of God's grandeur, you will. I think in every person there's a doxology. I think in every person we are born to worship. We're born to give grandeur to something. What, you know, what uh, country thunders in town. Guess what? You know what those folks are doing? They're singing a doxology if you're not careful. To a lifestyle and a way of thinking. You're giving grandeur. And I'm not knocking them. Don't, don't misunderstand. Don't hear, I don't have time to explain what I didn't mean. Don't hear what I'm not saying. What I am saying is this. It could be woo pig suey. That could be your doxology. Because you're giving glory and grandeur to something. That's most important in your life. It's become an idol in your life. And something out of you wants to rise up. And give praise in words. We are designed for doxology. And it will be expressed in some way. But what Paul's doing is giving grandeur and glory to God. It's almost like he's shouting it. And to him who is able to do immeasurably more. And I'm still not sure I'm doing it justice. But a doxology of an expression of words of what is in my inner being that I know I don't have the words, but I'm going to try. I'm just going to try. Now to him. Be the glory who can do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. Whose report will you believe? I'll believe the report of the Lord. That's what he says. You mean like Craig Rochelle, and I love his, he says, your brain cannot comprehend what God can do through you. Your brain will stop you. Your human capacity to think cannot think where God can. You can't use the words. You don't have enough words like Paul tried. You don't have the words to express what God can do. You can't. You were made for so much more. I mean, I think about it. If Paul was the pastor of Renovation Church, he would embarrass me. Because he would probably think every time he lifted his eyes to heaven, 
he would probably hear God saying, I can do more with this church than you've ever thought or asked. I could do more here. But you hadn't asked me. You hadn't even thought of it. God can do more? Does God know how big my imagination is? But again, I'm not going to spend time preaching on it. But it's according to the power that is work at work where? Within you. There's a catch, right? God's love is unconditional, but his promise often are conditional. Because the power of the Spirit, I think we often think that's just a good bonus. That's a good luxury to have. I just don't think we really meditate on the fact that it is the necessity of being a Christian and living with the power. It's not like, oh, it's a good bonus. The pastor has it. Not, you know, I don't. Came, you don't know my life well enough, but I have it or not. I just talk loud and fast and try to be funny. Doesn't mean you got the power. Doesn't mean that. If you want to ask, according to the power that is at work within you, glory to the church. Glory to generations. There are peoples right now, there are generations of people who are going to follow in the balance of decisions they're making and what report they're listening to. It's in the balance of what report they will listen to. Let me, ask, let me just say this. If you want good reports, well, one, I, the people that are speaking into it, I want to know who they're listening to. And one, one of them, I want to make sure they're listening to, to, to Christ. I want to know that the Spirit is speaking into their life. Sometimes we hear reports from people that are hurting, and so they give the report from their place, and it doesn't help you get to where you need to get to because they're hurting so bad. I want to help get reports from people who, who bring hope. Reality, yes, sometimes you've got to have just real hard truth, but hope, but hope, and believing that a person's thinking, a person's life can change. What are we doing here if we don't believe that? What are we doing here? What are we doing here if we do not believe that God can take a wavered, messed up individual and transform them and head them in a different direction? What are we doing here? Where maybe, just maybe, their best years are ahead of them. Then what are we doing here? I believed Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart 
that Christ was raised from the dead. If you believe that, you shall be saved. I decided to believe the report of the Lord. Well, Kurt, wait, wait a second, Kurt. You're years, 10 years away from God and all that. How is that ever gonna work? That's the reason why grace, I tell people all the time, I don't struggle with grace. And what I mean by that is this. I would have never worked enough to get back in. It was only God's grace or I don't get back in. That's it. I'm glad I believed the word of the Lord, the report from God. It's already been mentioned here. Thank you, Brandon, for mentioning that. It's mentioning through the word and scripture or through the music today. There's no end that God will go to find you. The reason I read the book of Hosea and Gomer. Hosea had to go places to find Gomer, which is us. <laughs> that Hosea should not have had to go. But he did. But he did. Nineteen eighty four. I was so far away from God. I was so messed up in my life. Uh, and from a lot of different things on the verge of just minutes away from suicide, I was going to drive my 1977 Grand Prix. I don't know if you have a picture of that up there. Sweet looking. Yeah, there you go. And except it had gold wheels on it, I think, which made it look better. I was going to take that big old hunk of metal at about 90 to 100 miles an hour and drive it into a concrete pillar where 35, Interstate 35 goes up to 635 in, 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 in Dallas. A friend of mine had been killed there a year before. I knew it would work. He didn't mean to, though. He was, he was, he was I, yeah, anyway, I think he went to sleep and hit the same pillar. I knew it would work. Lost as a goose I was. But I became at peace with it. And I'm just minutes before I got to that pillar. You can call it what you want to call it. I, I don't know the answer to it either because I don't, I was praying, but not, I was praying very selfishly. I didn't know God that I know. And just in the middle of this trance I was in, that at peace with driving that car into that pillar, there was this overwhelming presence and I don't know if it was a voice I can't tell you to this day stop the car I'm not through with you yet it was like I broke a trance like that I didn't come to know the Lord that day 15 months later I did but had nothing, I didn't connect these till later for some of you today He's not done with you yet. He's not done with you. And the scary part is, in fall of 2021, many of you know I went through a, maybe I crashed as much as I've crashed since I've been a believer. And I can't explain all why I did. 
But that first verse of that song we sang today, how did I end up here? Anybody ever been there? I was in the Word, preaching, trying to listen, trying to do. And I was listening to reports that were not from the Lord. I've never crossed my mind to commit suicide ever in my life again since that day. But it has crossed my mind I didn't want to continue to live. I wasn't going to take my life. There's got to be more. Right? There's got to be more. But through circumstances and most of all the Holy Spirit and COVID, <laughs> COVID helped me break out of it, just so you know. I don't know how to had COVID, so I can't explain that. Brought me to a place of total dependence. And I began to climb out of it. Because I began to listen to a different report. Because in him, in him, there is immeasurably more. You are more than able. I don't know for you today. For some of you, I, I was thinking, you know, for some of you, you're in a circumstance right now. that There's a possibility that you're looking at your circumstance going, how did God forget me? How, how, did, how, did, I, how did he forget me here? How did he, does he not know where I am? And the circumstances that have brought you there? But what if the word of the Lord is, he trusts you. He sees something in you because of what you're going through that he knows he'll get the glory. He sees, he trusts you. And I know this sounds weird, but he's trusting you that you're going to begin to hear the report from him and not from all the other things that you're hearing. And what you may have to walk out maybe the rest of your life is not what you would choose because you may compare it to someone else and what they're their life gets to be like. But what if the report of the Lord is he trusts you? He believes in you. You go, I don't want to be believed in like that. I don't want to go through these circumstances. I, I understand. I, I understand. I, I, mean, I mean, I can understand why you would think that. But what if out of your greatest wound or trial comes your greatest genius? What if out of your greatest heart, the hardest time of your life, comes the greatest glory to God? And I know you still go back to what about me right here, though? I don't have an answer to all that. But what I do know is this. God can take any circumstance and get the glory. And I think often he sees you and he trusts you more than you trust yourself in that circumstance. He believes in you. He loves you. And so what's so awesome about this is we're only here in eternity. When you take eternity into, we're only here for a short window of time. We're just a blip. The words James says we're a mist. We're here today, going tomorrow. And if, if I stretched a rope, and I've done it before, stretched a rope from that wall to right, right there, and I put a little pencil mark right here, that's your life in eternity? On that little mark right there, that's all it is. 
Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Josiah, y'all come on up. I'm going to close. I told Jan this morning I was working on this. I think I, I said, I, I, when I was sitting right there, I said, I think it's probably sounded better this morning, this sermon did when I was preaching it to myself early this morning, <laughs> that it may come out today. But I know what's in my heart. I come today to confess to you, I can sometimes be one of the worst ones who don't. I get the wrong report. I listen to the wrong report. Have people around you who are reporting from the Lord. Remind you of the promises. Get the promises in you to remind you of the promises. Begin to doxology. Begin to give grandeur and glory in words. Doesn't have to be our words. Doesn't have to be what we use here. This is just stuff I like listening to, so I'm the pastor, so we get to sing those, right? You know, I don't know. I'm just trying to be funny, but my point is this. I think we're designed to give glory to something. No, we're designed to give glory to one. Back up a second. But we will end up giving it to something. There's a better way to say it. To something. You will worship something. And you will express it in some way. For some of you, I'd ask, how's that working? How's that working for you if it's not God? I'm trying to be cocky. He is more than able. And who am I to deny what the Lord can do? I'm so glad that we are in a theology that believes in this radical optimism, that there is no ceiling on what God can do in a person's life. No ceiling. No ceiling. No ceiling. And allows us to preach the way we preach. Doesn't matter who walks in the room. It's all of us. No matter who hears us online. It's all of us. But whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Won't you stand with me as we close in prayer? And we're going to sing. And for some of you right now, there may just be this weight Some of it's weight like stop, don't move. Some of it's weight like you feel it. You may want to use these altars today and go, you know what, I'm taking a step of faith. A physical movement of saying, I believe the report of the Lord. And I'm going to lay it down. For some of you, it may be the doxology of the songs we will sing here. 
And through the words, you will give praise and glory and grandeur to the one who is able to do immeasurably more than you can think, imagine, come up with. Can't do it. Can't outdo it. Can't outdo him. Let me pray for us. We'll sing. And if you like this song, sing loud. Okay? Lord, we just come before you today. As people who just sometimes just have to go, wow, how did I mess this up? How did I start thinking I was God, that I could decide what you could do and not do, that I could limit you, God? Lord, how did I allow other reports in the world we live in today? Lord, there are so many reports. I mean, it's almost, it's almost like a hundred times a day we get some report on something from sports to news to fear and to tabloids or whatever that is. Lord, we get all kinds of reports, but Lord, we need to hear your report. The fear and the anxiety, Lord, that so grips our culture and so grips our people inside and outside the church. Lord, we need to hear a report from you. From health today, Lord, yes, we, we know someday all of us are going to die, Lord, but, but we don't have to believe it in the way that, that, that sometimes we get the report from others. Lord, we, we're thankful we have doctors. And we're thankful we have all these things. But, Lord, it doesn't tell us how we have to navigate it in our countenance, in our spirit, to others around us. Lord, we believe in divine healing. We pray it because we believe you can. And we pray that right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray over relationships right now in the name of Jesus that every knee will bow to someday, every tongue will confess to. We stand on that report that we have not seen yet. That we pray over these relationships that you are moving in a way supernaturally that we can't even think about seeing because our eyes are not focused on the temporal but the eternal. Lord, put in our inner being the desire to sing to you. And Lord, let your power for your glory work through us for the glory of the church and for generations to come. We just choose today to believe your report. We love you, Lord. Help us now as we continue to sing and pray. In Jesus' name, amen.